All right. Hello, and welcome to the Middle East Forum Speaker Webinar Series. I'm Stacey Roman, and I will be moderating this discussion today. We're pleased to have Noni Darwish, Director of Former Muslims United, join us to discuss Muslims for Jesus, Examining Muslim Background Believers. Noni will speak for 15 minutes and open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type your question. And with that, I'll turn the discussion over to Noni Darwish. Hi, good morning. Uh, the topic of uh, Muslim background believers is, uh, is a very interesting one, especially uh, that a lot of people have high hopes that one day the Middle East will have a variety of religions and people will start, you know, freely practice Christianity or Judaism or Islam. And uh, I have the same hopes. That's what we all want is freedom of religion. Uh, but the practical side of the reality of the Middle East is very, uh, uh, there's a reality we cannot deny that it's not just the, the converts, the Muslim background believers who are having a hard time practicing their religion, it's the Christians themselves in the Middle East who are, who are having, uh, who are oppressed and they can't even practice their own religion, let alone the converts to Christianity. Before 9-11, the term Muslim background believers was hardly ever heard. I never heard that uh, term before. But uh, after 9-11, uh, a lot of Muslims in the West, I'm one of them, um, uh, spoke openly about their conversion to Christianity. And it was, it caused shock waves in the Middle East because that was the un, uh, the biggest taboo ever to even admit that you left Islam. Uh, many Muslims after 9-11 started uh, hearing for the first time about questions about Islam that nobody ever asked before. I never heard questions about what, what, what is, is jihad fair? Uh, is killing apostates, uh, you know, it's against human rights? Is, uh, you know, questions like, you know, apostasy, killing apostates? We never thought about these questions. It was a given. So suddenly after 9-11, there were many questions about Islam from the West, mainly from the West. And it was touching the heart of the taboo of Islam. And it was unbelievable to Muslims. It opened them to question their own religion for the first time. They saw many people speak out from the safety of the West. Uh, you know, Ayan Hirsi Ali, Wafa Sultan, myself, uh, and many, many others. Uh, and they heard us. And I think that gave some courage to even the more, uh, those who are more brave than us, I doubt if I could stand in the middle of Cairo or Saudi Arabia or uh, 
any Islamic country and announce I'm, I'm going to leave Islam. But some people did that. Uh, and uh, they were harshly, harshly punished. So, you know, it, it's a challenge. Just the path of, of uh, becoming announced that you're Christian is very, very difficult. Uh, some people try to avoid the harsh punishment by saying um, uh, that I saw it in my dream. I saw Jesus in my dream. And I'm sure that these people are very sincere. It's a cultural phenomenon uh, in the Middle East for people to say, I saw something in my dream. It's not just, uh, it's not just about converting. To Christianity. I remember my grandmother and my mother, whenever they wanted to do something at a little, a little, uh, a little that was going to be challenged, they would say, I saw it in my dream. Uh, I want to travel to such and such a place. And I saw it in my dream that I was going to travel. And, uh, and then they do it. Uh, so, this phenomenon of seeing something in your dream is, is very common in the Middle East. And I noticed that a lot of uh, uh, Muslim background believers say, I saw Jesus in my dream. And I have no doubt about their sincerity, uh, but it, it is a phenomenon that we can't, it's a cultural phenomenon very unique to the Middle East, that I saw something in my dream, so I have to do it. Uh, it, it tells you, it shows you how, how difficult it is to just announce, I chose to believe in Jesus, or I believe in the Bible. It is such a taboo. It's the unthinkable. Uh, so that is probably why most background believers say uh, it came to them in a vision. Uh, so just to, to make that the challenge, the impact of the challenge is a little under control. Uh, so again, it's a, it's a huge challenge to even practice. After they announce, let's say they survive it. They survive, uh, they, they were not killed. The, the, the possibility of getting killed is very high. If you, if you announce that you, you believe in Jesus and not Muhammad. It's very high in, in most Muslim countries. One of the reasons I can't visit Egypt is because I could be killed. And it's not by the government. It's not just, it's not like the Ayatollah will arrest me and, uh, and kill me. No, anybody, uh, the percentage of Muslims who believe in, in killing apostates is huge. And they, they, could kill, they could kill you and the police will probably announce that she was robbed and killed during a robbery. It will never be recorded as killing an apostate. So, uh, you know, the, 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 the threat of being killed because you left Islam and announced it is a real threat. It's a, 
it's it's life or death. And uh, so the, the, this is the huge challenge. And let's let's say if they survive, they will be disinherited from their uh, family. I was disinherited, and my my, my mom had quite a, uh, a good estate. Uh, I was disinherited. You will lose all your friends that you grew up with. You will you will be shunned. Uh, but I, the benefit for me is that I live here. I don't live there. But people who live there and do, do, do it, they are, in my opinion, heroes because they really are feeling the impact of this tragedy a lot more than me. So, uh, so to, to actually, let's say they survived, to actually practice their faith is another challenge. Uh, and uh, these are some of the challenges to practice Christianity. For example, Christian churches in Egypt, if they welcome with open arms former Muslims who became Christian, they will be, they are intimidated, they are they are going to be, they, they could be burned. The church itself will be burned. So uh, believe it or not, if you convert to Christianity, Christian churches are too afraid to allow you in. So here's the challenge. You can't go to church. And you have to go to an underground church of, of people like you. It's, it's a big challenge. The children of those who leave Islam will never be acknowledged in their school as Christians. They will always be treated as Muslims. They will be forced to attend Islamic uh, education. Not only that, they will be encouraged to view their parents as apostates. So here's the challenge of transmitting Christianity to your, the next generation is not gonna happen. Uh, Another challenge is the, 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 the cancel, there is a, a very efficient cancel culture in Sharia, in Islamic Sharia. Uh, Sharia really closed every door and window for a Muslim to leave Islam. Uh, the, you know, you will, you will not have a job, you will be shunned. So, the cancel culture of tyranny that we are starting to feel in America today is very elaborate in the Middle East. This is life in the Middle East is a cancel culture. You better walk in that road that is assigned to you from, from birth to death. And, and, and that is another challenge for uh, the, uh, the MBB, the Muslim background believer. Uh, in the West, the, those who live in the West, uh, like myself who left Islam, they still have a challenge. Uh, if you come from a very Islamic family, you could be killed even in America. Uh, it happened. So I am very lucky that uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, my family already, they don't talk to me anymore, but they live in Egypt. 
it would have been very hard if I, if they lived here and I, I couldn't interact with them, it, it's gonna be a lot harder. So that's a big challenge. Um, so, so they are gonna be totally cut off from their family. Uh, and it, if you live in the same city and the same town and all your friends uh, were merged with your family, it's gonna be really hard. So just to conclude and then take your questions, a lot of Christians have, have high hopes that the Middle East will one day be maybe Christian, that Christians will cause a revolution. I, I would love to see that because Christianity and the Bible in general, Judeo-Christian culture will bring peace, more peace in the Middle East. Uh, but uh, it's gonna be very, very, very difficult. I, I'm not as hopeful as other um, other people. Uh, and there's a reason. Uh, there's a strong secular movement, political secular movement in the Middle East. Uh, they want separation of uh, mosque and state. They are looking at the left in the in the West. They're not looking at conservatives in the West. They're looking at the left and they are inspired by secularizing uh, the mid, uh, Middle East government and political system. They want it secular. I hear a lot of talk in the Middle East about secular governments. Uh, and they also are looking at, at America and, and Europe and the West, and they see an anti-biblical movement. They don't see uh, that the freedoms in the West are, are the product of uh, the biblical values that, uh, that brought our constitution. They don't see it like that. They think it's the, it came from the seculars, the secular uh, ideology in the West. And they don't know that it's really biblical. Uh, so, you know, these are all the challenges. Uh, I hope, I hope that uh, the Muslim background believers can flourish and really change the Middle East. And they are, there, there is change. I can see the change. Uh, where it's gonna go, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy about the peace treaties with Israel uh, that I hope, you know, I hope this will continue. Uh, and probably the Christian ethics are starting to make an impact in the Middle East, the biblical ethics. Uh, and uh, with that, I'm going to conclude and take your questions. All right, thank you so much. So the first question we have in is approximately how many people are transitioning from Islam to Christianity? A lot of people give uh, huge numbers, like in the millions, and I, I think there is. Uh, but you can't, you, with this atmosphere of fear in the Middle East and, uh, and keeping it to yourself, I, I, I don't know, but there is, Iran has a lot of, I, I think Iran, uh, is probably a leader among all Islamic countries in uh, in converting to Christianity. Uh, 
more than uh, more than other, especially Arab countries are. They're more scared to announce it. Uh, the impact after 9-11 is huge, but numbers, I'm not sure. Okay. Is there a problem just for converts to Christianity or is the persecution similar in the case of practitioners of other religions and atheists? No, Christianity is more. I mean, just to say, I don't, you know, I'm an atheist is probably shunned in the Middle East. And there's a lot of, there's a big movement also about, a, be, you know, announcing, I don't believe in any God. Uh, it's, it's more of an insult to Islam and Sharia to, to announce you, you chose, a, you chose another God. It's, uh, you know, they view people who say, I'm an atheist now as just a rebellion, a youth rebellion, and they will come back to Islam. That's how they view it. But the Islam, in my opinion, uh, was, was created 600 years after Christ as a rebellion against biblical values. It's a rebellion, it's, it's shunning of the Ten Commandments. They don't want to follow the Ten Commandments. And uh, to, to choose uh, biblical, uh, the Bible over, over Islam, to choose Jesus over Muhammad is the ultimate, uh, is the ultimate insult to Islam more than being an atheist. So with all the challenges that converts face, uh, what would motivate someone, especially with your experience, what would motivate someone to, to switch to Christianity? It's desperation. You live in, uh, you live in under Sharia. It's so, uh, it's so oppressive. Even Egypt, Egypt is, is much milder than Iran or Saudi Arabia or many other Muslim, it's, it's milder. But uh, in the 70s and 80s, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood became very, very powerful. And uh, despite of all the horrors, uh, the challenge to, I mean, the threat of death is the ultimate fear. Despite of all of that, some people actually out of, out of this desperation, they announced they, they are leaving Islam. Uh, it's, um, it's just the human spirit for freedom. Sorry, is there any Muslim country in which Muslim converts to Christianity can att attend church openly? Uh, the thing is, a lot of Muslim countries have very few churches, you know, but uh, maybe Turkey, I, uh, you know, in Egypt, they, they do sneak in sometimes, uh, but to be a member of a church and you're a former Muslim and you attend without fear is very, very hard. It's usually underground churches like they meet in the home of somebody. And even that is, 
is threatened. So do you think that Western, Western Christian churches uh, fail to openly support their co-religionists in the Middle East, especially the Pope? And what more could they be doing to, to help out? Uh, that's a tough, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, Western churches uh, chose to be uh, silent uh, regarding that. They speak, but uh, uh, I'm not sure if they are aggressively pursue defending uh, uh, Muslim uh, background believers let alone defending Christians. I mean, there are already Christians who are being persecuted and killed and churches being burned for Christians uh, of the Middle East. There are Christians. So can you believe what can they do for people who leave Islam? Uh, they are already silent about Christian persecution. Uh, they're not speaking enough. And I, uh, I think there is, there is, there is some uh, change now. A lot of Muslim governments, uh, especially those who get donations from the United States, they are scared of appearing that they are persecuting uh, Christians or, or former Muslims. Um, but, uh, you know, Egypt wants to show that side of being uh, more tolerant. Egypt is trying to do that. Uh, but even with all the efforts of uh, President Sisi to, to make a little you know, uh, balance here, uh, there still is a lot of uh, just on the street, on the street, you can't stop it. Because Sharia, Islamic law actually gives the right to any Muslim to kill an apostate if the government does not do it. So vigilante justice, and that's the problem with Sharia, it allows vigilante justice against apostates if the government does not do it, anybody on the street can do it. Do you think that an establishment of a secular state would, would change that at all or? I don't think Islamic law allows a secular state. See, that's, that's the problem with Islam. Uh, and that's the reason why a lot of political upheaval in the Middle East is all a problem between, uh, you know, those who want Sharia to rule, and those who want the military to, to rule. The military is the only option uh, to Sharia. There's only two kinds of governments that can survive in the Middle East, only two. The, the Sharia government, Islamic the, theocracy, or if you can take it by force. And who's the force? It's the military. And that's most, I mean, that's all you have in the Middle East, either a theocracy or a military dictatorship. 
And uh, military dictatorship, they always have to appear, they are struggling to appear as though they are also respectful of Islam and Sharia. I mean, do you remember Saddam Hussein used to, uh, he put on the flag of, of, uh, of Iraq, Allahu Akbar. He added that to the flag to please. So there, a Muslim head of state has to pander to the Islamists to survive. You have to, and uh, but they play the game of uh, I'm a, I'm you know secularism and Islam, and you have to play the. It's very hard for a Muslim leader to ignore Sharia completely and make it secular. There is nothing called secular government, totally secular, in the Middle East. You have to pander, uh, or you have to uh, insert some of the. Islamic rules in your in your government, otherwise you're dead. Is there any difference between the way Sunni states and Shia states uh, treat converts? No, they, they both kill. Uh, uh, there are several schools of Sharia, some of them Shia, some of them Sunni, and they both have the death penalty for apostates. Thank you. Uh, is there we don't have any tolerance to any uh, viewpoint, uh, you know, viewpoint. Mm. No and when you live in it, uh, when I was a Muslim and lived under Islam and Sharia, to me that was all normal. I only learned that I have options when I came to America. So people who live there don't see, there's no option. You, you, you have to be a Muslim and you don't even think about leaving. It's, it's the norm. This is, this is the norm, this is reality. Thank you, I know you touched on this. Can you explain the penalty for apostasy under Islamic Sharia law? Yeah, uh, you, you give them three days to change their mind and that's, if they are kind enough to give you three days. And then you, you, you have to be executed, execution. Uh, some people don't even uh, report it to the government. They just kill their children themselves if they leave Islam. There are girls who, who are killed and young men who are killed by their own family because it's, it's, it's almost, the shame, Sharia shame people so much that they cannot survive without killing their own children in order to survive with respect in the, in the society. Whether it's from apostasy or having a boyfriend or rebelling against the, the rules, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I personally knew a, a girl who was killed by her family because she was raped. So it's, and the, the fa you just understand that the family cannot survive in that atmosphere 
if they protect the girl. And let's, let's say if they do like in America, okay, honey, I'll, I'll help you during your pregnancy or it's, you know, and we'll, we take care of the baby. This is unheard of. You have to kill her to survive in the family, in, in society. So do you have any hopes of, I know you touched on it in the very beginning, um, but of religious freedom in the Middle East? Yeah, I, I think it's already happening. It's, there is, there is a, you know, change is happening. Since I left there, it's, uh, it's really, uh, it has changed. But unfortunately, the change is not towards biblical values. It's just a rebellion against religion in general. I see that uh, a lot. Uh, you know, I, I met many people who would say, who would tell me, well, all religions are bad anyway. Middle East, very intelligentsia of the Middle East. Uh, people who, it's easier to, it's easier to many of them to just uh, say all religions are bad and, and choose to live by name as a Muslim than converting. Conver converting is, is a big uh, commitment. And a lot of people don't want that commitment. They just, so they are taking the, many are being influenced by the left in America. And they're watching, they're watching the West. They see that, that this land that was built by biblical values is abandoning it. They are looking at the West. They're looking at Europe that they, they are trying to appease Islam at the expense of their own uh, biblical values. So they, they see it. So they, they say, maybe secularism is the best deal. Uh, there's, there's a challenge for, for the Bible everywhere now. Thank you so much. We have quite a few unanswered questions. Can you just tell our viewers where we can find some more um, of your work? Well, my last book is uh, about, you know, wholly different, why I chose biblical values over Islamic values. And in this book, I compare uh, biblical values and Islamic values, and they're the, the exact mirror opposite of each other. It, and now I am thinking of writing another book comparing Alinsky values, leftist values, with Islamic values, and they're almost the same. Yeah, so that's why Islamic values are very similar to left. And that's why Islamists, when they come to America, they are very attracted to the left, the uh, more than conservatives, because conservatives have more, uh, you know, biblical values. The 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 left uh, ha has the values of Alinsky, and Alinsky values, believe it or not, are very similar to Sharia. Anything goes if it's if it's for achieving your goal. 
right. Well, thank you so much. Unfortunately, thank you. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. See you later. Of course. For our viewers, please join us Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern for an update with Ashley Perry. Thank you all for joining us, and I hope you have a wonderful day.